Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Good afternoon. It is the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. We are live from the Lakeland University Studios, which is offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Got a fun show planned for you guys. Dominic Catronio is going to come up at 4 o'clock. Going to talk with him about the Brewers. He's the statistician for Valley Sports Wisconsin, also a host of Locked on Brewers out in San Francisco for the series against the Giants. So we'll get his thoughts. I want to ask him about what it's like at Oracle Park, man. I I want to get out there at some point. That one, I think PNC Park, Cincinnati's Park, those are kind of like my three that I really want to get to. Obviously, like Fenway and stuff, but in terms of just raw beauty... I don't know that there's many that are better than PNC Park and Oracle Park. Those are the ones I got to get to. So I want to hear what he thinks and where he ranks Oracle Park. But we'll talk to him about the different things of the Brewers as well. Also, Dan Favali from Bleacher Report covers the NBA and also does the Hardwood Knox podcast. He'll join us coming up towards the end of the show at 5.30. So we'll, we'll talk to him about different things going on around the NBA and get his thoughts on Kevin Durant and where he might end up and Donovan Mitchell. Also want to just talk about the offseason in general and who he thinks got better. So we'll do that coming up at 5.30. And if you guys want to hop in on the conversation, you're always welcome at 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. We're going to start the show today by talking about Craig Council and this Brewers team. Is Craig Council getting too much blame for David Stearns and Mark Adonazio's failures? Again, 414-799-1250 if you want to call and join in on the conversation, or you can tweet us at 12.50 a.m., the fan. And the reason we bring this up, and Sam kind of mentioned a little bit of it yesterday, is we've heard quite a bit of Craig Council frustration from various callers. You see it on Twitter. I'm sure you see it on Facebook. We don't generally check that as much. But you, you, you see it all over the place. You hear it from your friends. Whatever the case may be, You hear plenty of Craig Council frustration, and I wonder if some of the things that people are getting frustrated about and blaming Craig Council for aren't really his things. You know, are you getting frustrated that Keston Hira is not on this baseball team, and in turn you're frustrated, but a little bit of that comes out in Craig Council, but that's not really Craig Council's expertise, that's not really Craig Council's responsibility. So are we getting frustrated at Craig Council for things that really aren't his problems and his failures, and in turn, they're actually David Stearns and Mark Adonazio's failures? Now, I do want to start just by looking at some of these guys and what their basic responsibilities are. You know, we'll talk through some of these things, but what are the basic responsibilities of each one of these guys? With Craig Council, as the manager, he's responsible for 
setting the daily lineup, of course, making in-game decisions, deciding who comes in to pitch and when and who's starting. All the in-game managing obviously goes to Craig Council. And as Sparky noted a little bit in Sparky's Midday Madness, some crosstalk before the show this afternoon, he did bring up that at times general managers will get involved in those sort of things. I don't know if David Stearns is involved in that, so we're not going to speculate and say that he is. But that's not to say that there's not some discussions, at least, where David Stearns has his hand a little bit in it. Maybe it's a thing where he says, hey, can you give this guy a little bit more playing time because I want to raise his stock value so that we can try and trade him. Or it can be vice versa. Hey, can you maybe hold this guy out of the lineup today because I don't want to risk him getting injured in turn uh, before we try and trade him. So, you know, there can be different ways that maybe they get involved or just different ways that they're going to try to work through things with the manager. So generally, we'll say the manager's responsibility, though, is setting the lineups and in-game managing. Also, I think his job is to make sure that you keep a good clubhouse environment. And I think in general, we'd agree that Craig Council has done a pretty good job at that. So I think in that sense, a lot of people are probably pretty happy with Craig Council. But where do you get frustrated with Craig? And what are you frustrated with him about? Because is that something that in reality falls under the umbrella of David Stearns or Mark Adonacio? So with David Stearns as the general manager, or in his case, president of baseball operations, Matt Arnold is the general manager by title, he's going to deal with the roster management. He's going to probably deal with hiring and firing of coaches, which I think that's an interesting one. Who hires these coaches? Who decides who's going to be the hitting coach and the pitching coach and the bench coach and these different things? I think the bench coach works very closely with Craig Council, so that probably is a Craig Council decision and having Pat Murphy there as his right-hand man. And I think you've seen that just in the experience they have together as you know, before Craig was even a manager, that's why he wants to have Pat Murphy by his side. So that's probably a Craig Council one. But the new hitting coaches, Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson, are those Craig Council decisions? Are those David Stern's decisions? You know, I was reading a little bit about the introductory article that McAlvey wrote about those guys in spring training, and they were talking about how the hardest position for a baseball team right now might be the hitting coach, especially for a team like the Brewers, who consistently seem to struggle at the plate. And did Craig decide who those guys were going to be and who he wanted to have help him and help in the hitting department? Or did David Stearns pick them? I'm not exactly sure on that. But even even so, generally, the general manager is going to be in charge of that sort of thing with the contracts and all that and the roster management. And then you look at the owner and you look at Mark Adonacio. I think we all understand what his general role is going to be. He's kind of paying for everything, right? He's kind of making sure that Milwaukee can be an attractive destination by making sure that the stadium is upkept and making sure that everything in spring training facilities are nice. And just in general, that everything that the players are going to be offered, they can afford and they'll they'll have a nice area that makes people want to come here, as well as giving them money for the payroll which this year the Brewers have the highest payroll they've ever had in franchise history. So as much as you want to get frustrated with Adonacio for maybe not spending the money that you'd like to see him spend, he is spending more than has ever been spent in Brewers history this season. So I think that's at least a positive or at least a step in the positive direction for him. But what are you frustrated about when it comes to this team? Because are we blaming things on Craig Council for failures that are coming from the front office and that are coming from ownership? And then, two, if you want to add to this question, are we blaming the front office? Are we blaming Craig Council or even ownership for things that really aren't their fault and it's on the players? I want to hear like what your guys' thoughts are on this because sometimes we do all these things and when you... We're talking about some guys that have been disappointing this year. Colton Wong. Who would have known that Colton Wong was going to play like this this year? So who do you blame that one on? Do you blame it on Craig? Do you blame it on David Stearns? 
I don't, I don't think you can blame that on Adonacio. I think you got to blame Colton Wong. You know, some of these guys that are underperforming this season, who are you blaming that on? Is it the front office? You're blaming Craig for still putting him in the lineup? Who are you blaming these things on? Because I think a lot of times what happens, and it happens in every sport, and you've seen some of it boil over to the point that managers have been fired this season, whether it's Joe Madden, whether it's Charlo, Charlie Montoya out in Toronto. When things go bad, when there's some frustration, maybe it's not necessarily always their fault, but the manager or the head coach of a team is going to get the brunt of it. And that's what happens a lot of times in organizations, and in turn, they're the ones that kind of become the scapegoat and you let them go. And I don't know that Craig Council is on a hot seat by any means. I don't think Craig Council is really even on a warm seat uh, at, at that sort of nature either. I think he's pretty safe in his job. But I think when you look at this, maybe we're putting a little bit too much blame on Craig Council when in reality, yes, some of it falls under Council's umbrella. Yes, he does deserve some of the blame. But at the same point, Craig Council's doing the best with what he's given. And I think sometimes we try to blame Craig Council for things that he can't control. So I think to add this to this, too, if you want, you can say it's on the players. If you want to say it's on the players, that's fine, too. Are we blaming Craig Council for David Stearns and Mark Adonazio's failures? 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250am. The fan. Let's get out to Mike in South Milwaukee. Mike, what's going on? Hey, I don't know about you, but I've never been blamed for being in first place. Sure. But there are plenty of Brewers fans that are not happy with where they're at. Oh, come on. Antonazio has given everything to this team. Look at the payroll over the last years. Stern's done a good job, too. Okay. You're in first place, and you're going to tell me. And look at what we've had for – they got rid of Kane. They're bringing guys up. They're doing everything they need to do. Sometimes they're pitching six pitchers in a game just to adjust. And they've, they've had injuries. I mean, you're just ridiculous. Man. You're just trying to create something that's not there. What Craig am I Council trying to create? I'm not saying that I'm blaming Craig Council for anything. I'm not saying that what's this the, team what's is... What's the date today? It's July 15th. And how many games are we up? I believe it's like two, two and a half, three. Not uh, Three. And you know what? We're probably going to be up five or six before the All-Star break. Listen here, Mike. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm fine with where they're at. But Brewers fans in general, I think if you took a poll, sure, some are going to be fine where they're at. Sure, obviously, others are going to be on the polar opposite side and incredibly frustrated no matter what the organization does. But there are frustrations with this team, and there are frustrations with Craig Council. You may not be frustrated with Craig, but it doesn't mean that other people aren't a little bit frustrated with what's going on with the Brewers. Well, Milwaukee's not Chicago. Milwaukee's not New York. They're always frustrated with something, and that's why they don't win. You know, we're doing it, and we're going to win later. All right, Mike. Appreciate it. 414-799-1250. Let's get out to another Mike. Mike is in West Dallas. Mike, what's going on? I'm doing good. How you doing, Toby? Not too bad. How you doing? Good, good. Well, I, I think largely the, the blame is just on the economics of baseball mm-hmm. uh, in general and the TV contracts. That's why the Dodgers can spend $280 million and the Brewers can only spend 130 I mean, what could the Brewers do with, with four Freddie Freeman contracts? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I do blame Craig Council for is they're a very bad situ- situational uh, hitting team. So bunting, they don't bunt. Uh, they don't do a good job of hitting behind runners. They don't do a good job of getting guys in from third base with less than two outs. Uh, they strike out a lot uh, when there's guys on base. Uh, they don't shorten up uh, their swings with two strikes. That all falls on the manager. You know what I'm saying? That That's organizational philosophy at that point where it's grip it and rip it, home run or nothing. Um, I mean, yesterday they had 13 hits in three walks, and they only scored three runs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's embarrassing. They're very fortunate to win that game yesterday. Um, and, and the Keston Hira thing is what bothers me most. I mean, they had Pedro Severino in the DH yesterday, which means the Brewers have more faith in their third catcher, their second backup catcher, a career 236 hitter with a 300 on base percentage, over a guy they drafted eighth overall couple years ago he hit 300 a couple years ago and he's been hitting 324 over his last 12 games with three home runs 
Mm-hmm. Can, can somebody explain this to me? Well, the like, reason that they're not going to have him in, and this is the reason they'll give you, left-handed pitcher on the mound. That's what they're going to say. And to them, I would say, okay, there's two lefty starters going in this series because there's another lefty going tonight for the Giants. Guess what? That means there's two righties going as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I just don't understand it. Is it? It can't just be totally David Stern's decision, right? I mean, he has to consult with Craig Council on something like that for sending a guy down that's bad. Well, and that's where I think it's interesting. Who is that on? I think it's obviously a combination, like you said. It's not just one or the other. It's not all Craig saying, do this, and it's not all David Stern's. But wouldn't you think that, you know, I laid out some logical options yesterday. Hunter Renfro comes back, and at least he was in the lineup last night, uh, or he got in, so that's fine. I'm okay with him not staying on the IL if you're going to get him a couple games in here. But Christian Yelich is dealing with a back injury. That was nice to have him as a pinch runner, but you can have other guys pinch run for you. I would have just sent him to the 10-day IL, right? You could send him to it right before the All-Star break. He misses this series, and he already missed the Twin Series, so he misses a total of six games. He sits out, he gets that extra week of rest, and he's already just going to be riding the pine anyways in case you need a base runner. So why would you send Keston Hero down when you could use him, even if it's just to use him in a pinch runner situation like you did last night with Yelly, but at least you have a bat. Right. It, it just it doesn't make any, any sense, Toby. And earlier this season, I mentioned this to Tim as well, is you know, Keston Hero, he came off from the DL, he hit a game-winning home run, mm-hmm. and then the next day he had two hits, and then he sat for like a week and a half after that. And by the time he came back, he was cold. You know what I'm saying? Because he had sat and not played for a week and a half. So I just think they don't believe in him. And what's going to end up happening is it's going to be a Gene Segura situation. You know, he's going to go on and bat 300 and have a ton of success the rest of his career with another team. And that's probably what this Brewers uh, organization deserves at this point with how poorly they've handled Keston Hira. I mean, yeah, he has a low average, but he has a high on-base percentage. Uh, He has a high uh, slugging percentage. And he's an asset in the lineup. How is he any different from any of the other hitters that they have? They're all low-average power guys for the most part. So how is he any different? Yeah, for all the reasoning that you're going to give me that Willie Adamas should be right. in the lineup and where he's at in the lineup, he's I could use great. that same reasoning for Keston Hero. Right. Everybody strikes out a lot in their lineup. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a low batting average and strikes out a lot in sure. home run or nothing. So at least Keston Hero... He has a lot more potential based off, you know, he was like the best college hitter in baseball when yeah. they drafted him. So, anyways. All right, Mike, appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. I want to go on the other side real quick. I want to get to one more phone call here before break, but I do want to get to one point about Keston Hira that he's not without blame here. Look, I think that he should still be in the majors as a hitter. But we cannot ignore the fact that he is an incredible liability anywhere you put him in the field. At first base, I don't know that there's anything he can do about it, but he's just too small. He's just too small. He's not a great fielder to begin with, so you can put him at first base to hide a little bit of it. But you saw earlier this year in a game that he did play at first base where there was a ball that Rowdy Telez, if he were at first, would have been able to grab. And you need something over there if a guy's just trying to turn too quickly and Wong threw it away. Whereas Rowdy Telez would have grabbed it, Hero's not able to grab that. So you'd like someone a little bit bigger at first base, so he can't really play at first every day. He can play there every now and then if you need to, but you can't play him there every day. We've seen what he can do at second base, and I don't want to see that anymore. And I can tell you what, too, I don't ever want to see him in the outfield again because his arm is just terrible. You have guys going first to third on routine singles to left field because Keston here is such a liability with his arm in left field. And you cannot have that sort of thing in, uh, on a team where runs are already at a premium and much less you're trying to prevent runs because these pitchers are elite. You cannot keep giving up little dink and dunk hits and them turning into runs and first to third situations because your fielders cannot play effective defense and they're already struggling defensively last thing you need is to add in a just absolute liability in somewhere on that defense so that would be the only other reason I would say that any sort of Keston Hira distrust could be warranted is he just doesn't fit in anywhere defensively for the Brewers nowhere basically he's DHing or he's just not playing and 
at that point if they're saying we want to get him more consistent at bats because right now with how McCutcheon's playing, we'll leave him at DH and occasionally throw him in the outfield and we'll live with that. I guess I can understand it. I don't agree with it, but I guess I can understand it too. The only other thing coming off of Mike's call too, it's weird that the organization, whoever they bring in, whether it's their first year right away or a year or two after, everything in their batting average just drops. I don't know if it's an organizational philosophy. I don't know if it's because of how they're practicing. I don't know what it is. I couldn't break it down for you. I'm not in the clubhouse. I'm not with these guys every day. But a prime example of this, Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas in his career, 278 with the Rays, 254, 259. Last year as a whole, he had 262. So before he got traded from Tampa, he was only batting 197, his worst year of his career. And then he gets traded to Milwaukee and hits 285. This year, 214 for Willie Adamas. Where did that come from? And why is it that you're seeing the same thing from Colton Wong? Why is it that up until the last couple months, you've seen the same sort of thing with Andrew McCutcheon? Guys just consistently see their batting averages drop with the Brewers. You know, some guys are the anomaly, and it's not the hard, fast rule that everybody just loses their batting average when they come to the Brewers. But it is odd that you see these sort of things drop on guys that you've known for years. And next thing you know, they're just... Everything about their hitting just drops off a cliff, it seems like. 414-799-1250. Let's get out to Tattoo Lady. Hey, what's going on? Hi, Toby. You don't know me, but Sparky gave me that moniker when the Brewers were in the playoffs back in the early 2000s because I have Brewer tattoo, Packers. I have all the sports tattoos. Okay, so I'm cool. Tattoo Lady, and you can blame Sparky. <laughs> it's the first time I talked to you. So my real name's Amy, but I go by Tattoo Lady. Sounds good. But seriously, my question to you is, and I asked Tim Allen this, why do we have a hitting coach? Um, and and, and, the, and, the, and the, uh, you know, the guy that uh, takes the calls, he said, well, evidently Adam. there's some, there's some um, friction with Andy Haynes. And you know what I said to him? Who's Andy Haynes? I never heard of him until he came here. Mm-hmm. I know we I know we can't get a Robin Yount every time, but why? I mean, I like your idea though. The philosophy. Why are these guys all of a sudden not hitting? You know, I mean, Yelich and William Adams, Luis Urias, all those guys. That last year, at least they were batting two eighty. I mean, Willie hit twenty five home runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, where do I mean where do we put the blame? I mean, it's a little bit here, it's a little bit there. The Kesson Hero thing, is that because he has options? Is that why they keep throwing him back yeah, to the Yeah, I mean, they, they, he has options, and that maybe made the most sense for them. Because they needed I don't a know. pitcher. They yeah, needed they a needed pitcher, a pitcher, right? but I think there were other ways they could have gone about it by putting a guy on the IL as opposed to How about How about we have three catchers? We don't, we don't need three catchers. Yeah, there's that as well. So You could have done several. I mean, I like Cassie. I mean, he tries and, you know, whatever. And every time he goes to the minors, he does well. But you can't keep doing this to a kid that, you know, his <laughs> confidence is zero. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm not doing well, so okay, just send me down. Well, even but if he can't... is doing well, because right. to, to your point, he's been doing pretty well over the last two weeks, the the yep. last month or so, and he gets optioned anyways. He'll be back right. up at some point. I, I think right, right. after the All Star break, he'll be back. But it's still just you you're sacrificing six games of Keston Hero when you could have left Hunter Renfro there to heal up on that hamstring. You could put Christian Yelich down on IL because of his back okay, injury. What's going on with Yelich? Okay, did he hurt his back again? Are we going to go through this like 10 times a year? And that's why I don't know why they wouldn't play this with extra caution because this is a thing that he dealt with last year. Why wouldn't you just place him on the injured Absolutely. list? Absolutely. I I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But, all right, it was nice talking to you, Toby. Absolutely. Appreciate the call. All right, bye-bye. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in on the conversation. I don't know what these hitting coaches do. To answer her initial question, I don't know what these hitting coaches do. I know that they're probably getting blamed a lot like a manager or a head coach does or an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator and football at times does when in reality it's just the players not executing. I don't know how much they're going through and going through their swings, and I'm sure they're working with them in the cage, but all these guys that have gotten to the big leagues, 
especially the proven stars, you know, the Colton Wongs, the Yelich, the Renfros, those kind of guys, they pretty much know their swing inside and outs. They, they pretty much know what's, what's going on. You know, that's just the case with most professional athletes that have gotten to that point and have proven themselves. They know what they're doing. It's different for a guy like maybe a Keston or someone that's still trying to get settled in the majors. You know, they might need some help with these guys. So, you know, maybe they're going to help in that sort of situation. But for the guys that have kind of established themselves, they know. So I think they're probably working with them in the cages and stuff and working through what the attack is going to be against, the approach is going to be against the different pitchers. But I don't know if it's an organizational philosophy that makes it so that these guys have some of the lowest batting averages. Because, yes, I get what, you know, the argument that other people on the other side are going to make. They're going to say batting average is down around Major League Baseball. Batting average isn't the most important. Okay, that's fine. You know, we can talk about all those things, and you can have your point there. But the fact that you can look at the good baseball teams and they at least have one, two, if they're really good, three, maybe even four guys, still with a relatively high average, and by relatively high, I basically mean 270 or above, they have multiple guys batting there, shows that there is still something to having a batting average above what everyone on the Brewers essentially right now is batting. Now, right now, because of how well Andrew McCutcheon has played over the last two months, and we're going to dive into that just a little bit later, but he's gotten his batting average up to 259, I believe. That's awesome. But that shouldn't be the highest batting average, or that shouldn't be the only guy on your team that's batting above 240 or who whatever it is. It's just really disappointing how this offense has turned out to be. And yet... A lot of people are going to blame to bring it all around on Craig Council somehow. And so, again, that is the question. Obviously, we're talking a little bit of kind of everything this hour. But the question in general is this. Are we blaming Craig Council for the failures of David Stearns and Mark Adonacio? Because I think that some people are. I think when they look at ultimately what they're frustrated with with the Brewers – they're blaming Craig Council because he's the manager, he's the head coach kind of idea, he's the guy whose face you recognize, he's the one that you're blaming for things that aren't really in his control. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer, that's Sam Schmitz, it's a Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm the fan. 12.50 a.m. The fan. It is the fan afternoon show. I'm Toby Altizer, and that is Sam Schmitz. I'm going to tell you about a podcast that you need to check out on Odyssey. Kenny Maine has joined the Odyssey family with his new podcast, Hey Maine. Each week, Kenny will talk to someone he knows a little and is fascinated by a lot. Athletes, musicians, celebrities, and just about anyone else. So make sure to download Hey Maine on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're asking you 
Is Craig Council getting too much blame for David Stearns and Mark Adonacio's failures? 414-799-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. Sam, you touched on this a little bit yesterday and kind of pitched this idea. What are your thoughts on this? And why do you think that some people are putting things on Craig Council that maybe aren't really his decisions, his responsibilities, and he's getting blamed for it? Before I dive into this, let me clarify what we mean by failures because I see a lot of people commenting on Facebook talking about yeah the Brewers are three games ahead in first place right now and despite how bad they've been playing on offense like things are you know Brewers are in a good a good position all things considered yeah, yeah what we mean by failures is once again the question is it, it isn't are the Brewers good we know they're good they're probably going to make the playoffs they're going to either win the division or probably get a wild card spot it's just are they good enough come playoff time against some of these better teams and I don't know if you can really say looking at this offense from the you know what we know in the first half and then especially in last night, despite ending ending up winning the game, like I'm sorry, but if you face another playoff team, like chances are that's probably not going to be good enough on offense. Mm-hmm. So that's what we mean by the failures. Yeah. It's just this offense clearly. I don't know if it's really going to be able to win you a series in the playoffs. That's what we're talking about. So when it comes to that, I think um, I'm going to probably echo a lot of what you've been saying, but I, I just think it's true. It's like uh, Craig Council, there there is some blame to go around for Craig Council because sure, some, some blame of, on everyone. Yeah, right. Some of the lineup decisions. I'm sorry, but like I I can't justify batting Mike Brasso third ever. Um, but then on top of that, some of the Come organizational on, they won last moves. Night. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I told Tim last night working the post game show. Even if uh, you know they ended up winning, there's just no way you can justify taking yeah, well, what was, know, putting uh, Mike Brasso in the third spot. Just like for the Giants, I'm sorry. There's no way you can justify taking out Jack Peterson and Brandon Belt when a lefty comes in. Yep. What uh what was Tim's reaction to that lineup? I didn't get to listen last night. I think he was just more puzzled on like or not puzzled, but more frustrated on uh Rowdy Telez batting seventh because we all know a couple games ago they did bat Brasso in the third spot. So that's not too surprising. It's more so just frustrating. But sure. no, Rowdy Telez and we know he's slumping, but come on, don't put him in the seventh spot. So that was not really uh, too much to talk about after a win about the lineup. But when it comes to this question, I think it is more so on David Stern to Mark Ananasio because I think it's obviously this when, the, when we talk about the blame of the performance of the offense, clearly it's it's just the players aren't performing up to par. And that's because of roster construction and it's because of you know what David Stearns is given. I don't expect David Stearns to, you know, ask Mark to spend a whole lot of money. That's not sure. the thing. It's clearly just the players that they bring in. Unfortunately, well, they're not performing, and it's because of the way this this organization values hitting. It's clearly the home run or nothing. They don't they don't value yeah. average on base percentage and stuff like that, despite getting, you know, what, 13 hits last night. Clearly, the, the hitting with runners in scoring position just shows what this team is and how they perform. So that that's basically what I'm saying is, you know, Council, yeah, there are some uh, things that you can point to him with lineup construction and stuff like that and you know taking pictures out and you know at certain spots but at the end of the day like it's 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 on the players and that's because of what David Stern's values and who he brings in well and then to go off of that you know we didn't necessarily add it in the question but are we blaming these guys maybe for failures that are ultimately on the players on the field oh 100% i mean this question really it just boils down to the players aren't performing what should be expected of them. But at the end of the day, like this is kind of what Mark Ananasio and David Stearns do. They just, you know, kind of swing on a lot of guys that really shouldn't be performing the way they are in baseball over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a lot of the guys that turn into all-stars for the Brewers, Jesus Aguilar, guys like that. But unfortunately at the end of the day, like you can't keep hitting home runs with these guys. Like eventually you're going to swing and miss. And unfortunately this year, just it's like they've, they've missed on a lot more guys than they probably would have liked to. And you can see it in the batting averages. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating for me when you look at this team is the lack of care for situational hitting. I think someone brought that up earlier as to how awful they are at situational hitting. Last night you get bases loaded, no one out. Bases loaded, no one out. You got to at least score one, at least one. Hit into a double play up the middle that turns two, but you score a run. Put one into the outfield that is deep enough to score the run at third. And I'm not blaming the third base coach for holding Arias there at third base. You should be able to bring someone home 
when you have the bases loaded and no one out. And what happens? Nobody puts the ball in play. The next three don't even put the ball in play. I like watching baseball from teams that value the idea of let's put the ball in play and stop striking out. Because you know what happens? Someone gets a little nervous in a play and they throw it away. Sure, 90, 95% of the time when you put the ball in play straight at the shortstop, that play gets made. I mean, look at the Giants. I know they lost last night, but you look at Brandon Belt, their cleanup hitter, who we all know is a brewer killer. The dude dropped a bunt down with yeah, two strikes. Get the ball in play. Oh, man, that was a thing of beauty. Like, you saw it earlier this year, and it's happened multiple times when the Nationals played the Brewers, and the Nationals just kept putting the ball in play, put the ball in play, put the ball in play. And the Brewers were putting the ball in play yesterday, too, when it wasn't in a scoring situation. Lots of hits. What'd you say? They had 11 hits last night? I believe it was 13. Or 13 hits last night? They had a lot of hits. They were putting the ball in play, but not when it mattered the most. When you need to lock in and say, whether it's, you know, Choking up with two strikes. God forbid I bring up that because you know what that could do? That could lower your chances of hitting a home run, Sam. That could make it so you can't hit it out of the ballpark. Why would you even swing? They left uh, 14 on base last night, and they were 3 for 15 runners in scoring position. They had, yeah, 13 hits. You cannot do that. You're, You're lucky. You're so lucky that you have the pitchers that you do. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why we're talking about, you know, that's when why we, you won last night. When we say failures, it's really just how good c- can this offense be? And it's clearly not It's not terrible, but it's not going to probably win you a bunch of series, and I don't think it's certainly going to beat the Dodgers at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. once again, to your point, like this this Brewers pitching staff, they're going to have to just keep you know holding teams to two or three runs because that's clearly you know what this offense is capable of doing. And this is what's frustrating because I think in general you're probably closer to – more the middle, but you've been pretty positive, Sam. I think Tim Allen and I have probably fallen more so on the most positive. There's obviously people that are negative on the Brewers. And in general, the people that are negative on the Brewers get proved right night in and night out because of those sort of situations. I want to believe in this Brewers team. I really do. I want to believe in the hitters, that they have the guys that if they can get going at the right time, they can they can win this thing. So I keep, want to keep believing that, but it's situations like last night where you have bases loaded, no one out, and you don't even score a run. It's situations like we've seen multiple times over the last month, a guy on third with no one out or with one out. Easy scoring situations where you just have to either put the ball in play, you have to hit a sack fly, whatever it needs to be to get that run across, the Brewers cannot do it. You know, it's different if they can't get anyone on base. Yes, that's frustrating. And that's just going to be the case for a majority of Brewers games at some points. Like, you're just not going to get the guys on base that you want. But it's the situations where they have the guys on base, they have the situation to score runs, and they can't even get one, they can't get two. Those are the situations that make me think, you know what? This positivity that I have for the Brewers is blind because when you face the New York Mets, when you face even the Atlanta Braves, when you face the Dodgers, you're not going to be able to get away with a bases loaded, no one out situation, and you do not score, or you only score even just one run, you're not going to be able to get away in that game and win. Because guess what? As good as the Brewers pitching is, those teams have good pitchers too, so they can keep deploying good starters, good relievers, and guess what? If you put them in a bases loaded, no one out situation, I don't care if it's against Josh Hader, Corbin Burns, Devin Williams, chances are they're putting up at least one or two as well. I just boil it back down to the same thing that we and Tim Allen have been preaching for the past couple of months is that it's okay to celebrate. Once again, the Brewers are in a good spot, all things considered. I try to toe the line because on one hand, I'm just like Tim and you were. I'm a fan of this team at the end of the day, and I want to see them succeed, and I want to have fun during the season. But at the end of the day, like Tim has been saying, and like I've been preaching all season long, like it's okay to celebrate, but it's okay to be harsh on this oh, team yeah. because getting to the playoffs now, it's it's not good enough. Like that's why we're so harsh on this team right now. Is that it's it's time to win a World Series, and this it's offense, transitioned this season. I think this offense has to be a World Series mm-hmm. caliber winning offense, and right now. It's, it's looking like just the same old stuff that's going to come back to bite you that did last year in the playoffs, where this offense can't score you know more than one run. So that's, that's why we're so critical on it. And, you know, 
I just I just want to see this offense. You know, I want to have confidence and say like, yeah, this team. I know they're only eight games back the Dodgers, but it just doesn't feel like it. You know, I want to see this team actually when it comes down to bases loaded. You know, no outs. Just occasionally, you know, be able to bring in two, three runs. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, I mean, I want to see a batting average over 260. Is that too much to ask for <laughs> among qualified hitters? Is that too much? I want to have fun for? again. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. I, I am having fun because last night's game was fun at yeah. the end of the day. But I want to have fun in the playoffs. It's and fun I wanna, because you won the game. I want to. I want to be celebrating with a parade at the end of the year. That's all I'm asking for. And and the reason I want I'm I'm talking about World Series right now is because once again it boils down to you only have Hater for mm-hmm. at least now until after next year. You only have Corbin Burns for you know um, Two arbitration, seasons, yeah. right? You only have arbitration on Burns and Woodruff for only a couple more years. After that, nothing's guaranteed. So I want to win a World Series while these guys are on the Brewers. And doesn't it feel like that switch flipped for this season? And I kind of thought that felt like that way going into this season. But before it was, it's a nice story. Let's win the Central. Uh, let's get into the playoffs. Right. If we can I, win a series, it's nice. And I felt like going into this season, the expectations were, I don't think you can call it World Series or bust because I think that's a little too harsh. But Brewers fans are getting sick of, let's just get it to the playoffs. Uh, let's do something now. Let's make some noise. Yeah, let's be a threat. Let's be a team that people actually fear as opposed to just being the cute storyline of the Milwaukee Brewers getting into the playoffs because Wisconsinites, at the end of the day, they had the Packers to always lean on for a legit championship threat. And now the now that the Bucks have kind of you know put Wisconsin back in the map as far as championships. Like I think people realize like, okay, now it's the Brewers' time to do it. Now it's time for the team that hasn't won a World Series at all in Milwaukee to finally do it. And they have they have the players. That's the frustrating thing. Like they they, do. they have the players to do it. But unfortunately, guys like Christian Yelich and this offense, they just at the end of the day when the moment when the when the spotlight gets the brightest in the playoffs, this team. The last couple of years has just unfortunately crumbled. Do you think since the Bucks won the NBA Finals, it added more pressure onto the Brewers to try and get a World Series? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like I'm sure Wisconsinites were just happy to be to be able to be knocking on the door with all three of their professional teams. You mm-hmm. know, does that make sense? Like the Packers, they're always going to be there. Yeah, you're all in threat. a window right now. The Bucks, you know, it's it. Oh my God, the Bucks. You know, we finally have Giannis, and you know, we finally have championship pedigree team in the NBA. And the Brewers, the past couple of years, like, oh, okay, yeah, we're finally getting in the playoffs. Wow, we're getting in the playoffs consecutive years. But now, I mean, we have a Cy Young winner. We have two relievers of the years in our bullpen. We have a former MVP. We have all these guys. It's like we have a guy who should be a manager of the year. We have one of the best executives in all of baseball. So now it's like, okay, it's good to have that stuff. It's cool to be back in the map. It's cool to be in the playoffs. But now – really need to cash in before some of these guys might not be on the Brewers. Yeah, I think you're just kind of going what th- the Bucks went through three and four years ago, where they finally got to the point where it was no longer, this is awesome, we're in, guys, this is great, we made it. It's, okay, let's let's get over the hump now, let's raise that piece of metal, let's try and win <laughs> this thing. Yeah, raise the, raise the piece of metal. Rob Manfred Rob Manfred knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. We'll keep talking about this to wrap up the hour. Dominic Catronio comes up in about 12 minutes or so. Until then, we'll talk with you. 414-799-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan again. Is Craig Council getting too much blame for David Stearns and Mark Adonazio's failures? Again, 414-799-1250. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. It is the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM. The fan. 1250 AM. The fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer, and that is Sam Schmitz. Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers is... Craig Council getting too much of the blame for David Stearns and Mark Adonacio's failures. 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Real quick, before we get to John and Tosa, I do want to read some of your replies to our tweet on 1250AMTheFan. Nick says, no or yes, no major improvements after the 18th season, and Craig can deal only with what he's been given. Uh, Ben says, absolutely. In some ways, I'd argue a lot of Craig Council's questionable decisions are a result of trying to be creative with what he's been given in terms of personnel. If Council ever is fired as the scapegoat years from now for an underachieving Brewers team, he will win a World Series in his next stop. 
SMK says yes, but at the end of the day, the ridiculous analytics get in the way of just playing baseball. It's a feel, not just predictive computations. And one other person, Frank, says, whoever thought taking away the barrel, yeah, old that's Bernie, the problem. Bernie's old chalet from County Stadium. I I fully agree with Frank. Yeah, I'm that, wearing a shirt that has that on it. That thing was a thing of beauty. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. John is in Tosa. John, what's going on? Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing, John? All right, good. So here's what I'm going to go with, and some of your listeners might be not old enough. Some of them are going to be right in the wheelhouse, but Council's working. Okay, so when the Brewers began the re- revitalization of their their franchise, we'll just call it 05, when they got Carlos Lee, and they started getting 500, and they started seeing the progression of Prince, Ricky, uh, Hart, and Hardy. They knew what they had from an offensive standpoint, and the shortcomings were always a pitching. Boy, you go and get CC, and you throw him over sheets, and you had the great run, and Keith gets injured, and you had Gallardo, and so you had some young passing pitching, but you always had those studs from a hitting perspective. Then you go to the late um, 08, 09, 2010, 11, 12, and it was always pitching that led the team down. Then you had the departures from the offensive side, and you and you had guys like like Brady Clark and Casey McGee and Nigel Morgan, and you had um, Eric. Uh, I can't remember, uh, the, the catcher. You had guys that were great role players that came up in big moments, but you had Prince, you had Braun, you had all these guys, and everyone loved those guys because they were contributions, and you were getting miracle seasons out of, out of a position. Well, now you have a whole lineup of these kind of guys. You have a whole bunch of Brady Clarks. You have a whole bunch of Casey McGee's that you're trying to get miracle seasons out of seven or eight guys to go with a pitching staff, that you're not even spending money on a pitching staff. That's what makes me upset. When you had Prince and those guys, you went out and signed Matt Garza and Kyle Loge after Prince left. You tried to see if you had to spend like $18 million on these guys. You had mid-tier pitchers that were 500 pitchers or slightly above, and you were trying to use that as your, your, your plug-and-play for pitching with an offense. Now you have a pitching, and you don't go out and spend – Anything on a third baseman, which Urias is a nice player, but he's not a stud, and he's a, he's a super utility guy who's always injured. You go out and you trade for Adamas, okay, you know, he had a great second half last year. Dude hits 200. If you haven't noticed every player in baseball hits like 15, 16 home runs, you're not doing anything special there. You have no, you have no one who can drive in a key hit. You have McCutcheon who's finally hitting about 260, who's sitting at nine home runs, he's not the same dude that was four years ago, five years ago. So who fear? Who do you fear in this lineup? Yelich hasn't been the same since Dan Lee got called out, since Houston got popped for um, tipping pitches, because that's what Yelich was doing. No one wants to say it, but that's what happened. Uh, there's no one in this lineup who's worth a damn. Sorry, guys, it's not. You need to go out and get some proven hitters that can spray the ball around. Um, then you have your power hitters that come up. You know, everyone talks about on-base percentage plus slugging. Well, guess what? No one says batting average doesn't count. Batting average is part of the equation of getting on the on-base. Mm-hmm. Preach. So, uh, I mean, so stop with the batting average is not analytics and it doesn't mean anything. Sorry. If you can get on base 30% of the time hitting, your, your, your on-base percentage is going to be around 380, 400. That's where it needs to be for mm-hmm. winning baseball. Totally right, agree. Guys. Have a good day. John, appreciate it, man. Yeah, John really brought it. I disagree with the tipping pitches thing for Yelich, but yeah, everything else, pretty spot on. I mean, he brought up a really good point. You just look at the last couple of World Series winners, and that's what we're talking about when we just talk about failures of of you know the Milwaukee Brewers and Anasio and David Stearns. It's not failure is just you know now getting into the playoffs is not good enough. It's time to win it, mm-hmm. and he he brings up a good point. They don't look at the end of the day. You can look at the past World Series winners, and the Brewers pitching staff, you could argue, is just as good, if not better, than a lot of these previous Absolutely. World Series winners. But all these World Series winners, they have in common. They at least have like an MVP contender or all-stars in that lineup. The Atlanta Braves, they still have Freddie Freeman, despite Acuna going down. Los Angeles Dodgers, they got Mookie Betts. Your Washington Nationals, they had Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, Rendon yep. while still having Max Scherzer and guys like that. Um, Chicago Cubs, we all know that. Kansas City Royals. 
maybe not MVP contenders, but guys who are certainly all stars and some oh, of the best. I mean, in their Lorenzo Cain, Alcides Escobar, Hosmer, those guys were playing Salvador Perez incredibly well. Mustakas. So that's yeah. that's what we're talking about. Like, yes, this Brewers team will probably win the division or at least get in the wild card. So they they are good enough to you know obviously get in the playoffs. Are they good enough to win the World Series? That's what we're boiling this down to. And unfortunately, you look at this offense. I don't see anybody that's mm-hmm. up to those calibers of hitters that we've been talking about. Last thing before we take a break and get back with Dominic Catronio is he brought up another good point, too. They're not spending money on pitching right now. They're not spending a whole lot of money on Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And guess what? When those guys hit free agency, they're either you're going to have to pay a hefty price, Christian Yelich-type money and above, to keep them, or you're going to let those guys walk. So you're not paying anything for pitching, and really outside of Yelich, you're not paying tons and tons to any specific guy hitting either. I don't blame Adonacio because I think he's poured money into this team, and I think at some point there's a cap to that if we're being honest. But, I mean, it is a little questionable at times that maybe you could go a little bit for broke in the seasons which you have pitching like you do. I'm I don't know. We'll dive back into this at 5 o'clock in Pick Lane. But next, we'll talk with Dominic Catronio from Locked On Brewers in Valley Sports, Wisconsin. It's the Fan Afternoon Show with Toby Altizer and Sam Schmitz here on 1250 AM. The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 